Good morning, church. I appreciate Trent. He's the one that lined out this sermon series. And uh, I said, Trent, you, uh, you, you've laid out these subjects for us to preach on. Al's, Al's going to preach in a couple more weeks. Uh, and uh, I don't know which one he gave you, Al, but, but he gave me greed. And I don't know if there was any thought in that or uh, what he was thinking that I needed it or what. But uh, uh, it's a uh, subject that's talked about a whole lot in the Bible. As I started prepping, I started reading and just pulling up verses in the Bible. I thought, you know, uh, Jesus had a lot to say about this. Matter of fact, you know, uh, money, he, he talked about money more than any other subject when he preached. Uh, and and I, we, we hadn't been that consistent. We don't talk about it that near that much. Uh, you know, my uh, my take on money was money talks. I'll not deny. I heard it once. It said goodbye. So your 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 finances might be kind of like that. I don't know. I know that we live in a world of of um, abundance, and yet people feel more empty now. Than ever before, we live in a world where there's uh, people measure their connections online by how many friends and how many likes they have, and yet that yet they can't find someone to, uh, physically to go to lunch together with during the week. And so there's this kind of false concept that somehow or another I'm all connected, but then when it really comes down to being able to share your heart and your life with someone who will walk with you in life, all of a sudden that's gone. And you say, well, why talk about that when you're talking about greed? Because the idea of contentment means so much to defeating the uh, uh, attack of greed on our life. Uh, I asked someone the other day, I said, what do you think the opposite of greed is? And there were several words that came out. Generosity was one of those. And and, uh, uh, and then later on, someone said contentment. Like, I think contentment is... The opposite of greed. Because you see, greed has that idea that if I can just get more and more and more, if I can just get a little bit more in my possession, then I can feel a hole that's empty in my life. But it never works that way. And, and now look, greed doesn't belong to the rich. I, I've known a lot of people in poverty that have been very greedy people. Once you start figuring out how to help someone, it doesn't take you long to figure out greed is a problem. It's a, it's one of those natural things that attacks all of us at some point, right? And that's what this uh, series on breaking the vice grip of all these seven deadly sins is all about. It's how do we handle these things that we know they're going to be there and they exist in our lives, in our hearts. And while we've become Christians now, we've committed to Christ at the same time, uh, you know, what I always say is uh, baptism didn't drown the devil, right? I mean, he's still attacking some of us. And so there's that ongoing need to grow and to mature and get out of our selfishness and get to where we can just be totally surrendered uh, to God in the area of our life. So I thought, okay, what I want to do in this sermon, I, I don't have four great points and a conclusion. I don't have a great introduction. You know, I, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about what a... Uh, I read what a great sermon is. They said you have a good, a good beginning and a good end, and you get them as close together as possible. <laughs> I, I knew there would be several amens on that. 
this doesn't quite have those elements like sometimes we normally do. Uh, I just want, I want to, first of all, just read you some things the Bible says. And then just talk about it a little bit and we'll be done. Is that okay? Like this if it is, like this if it's not, or it's, you know, take a nap. I mean, whatever helps you. Uh, first of all, I just want to read. There's no PowerPoint today. There's no screen telling you anything. you got to either write these verses down or get your Bible out, whatever, if you want to make sure you have these. And it's one of those subjects, when you read some of these verses, there's an ouch to them, you know? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, or slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. That chapter is in the context talking about why people reject God and where it leads them to. 1 John chapter 2, 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Basically, that's money, sex, and power. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Ecclesiastes 5.10 Whoever loves money never has enough. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Hebrews 13, verse 5 Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Matthew six twenty four, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Proverbs fourteen thirty one. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Proverbs fifteen twenty seven. The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. Proverbs twenty twenty one. An inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end. Proverbs 22, verse 1, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Proverbs 22, verse 9, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. 
Proverbs 28:22. The stingy are eager to get rich and are unaware that poverty awaits them. Proverbs 28:25. The greedy stir up conflict. By the way, just a little side note there. If you find yourself always in conflict, you might check out this greed part of your life. Greedy stirs up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. 1 Peter 5, 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. 1 Timothy 6, 17, 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many Griefs. James chapter 5. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that's got. I know you're, you're saying, well, that ain't me. You've seen my bank account. I'm not that one. You know, the uh, uh, if you make $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the richest people in the world just in case you didn't think you might be rich. I got good news. You're just, you're so rich today. Isn't that good? Now listen, you rich people. Weeping well because the misery that's coming on you. Your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. The corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay, the workers... Uh, who mowed your fields are crying. This is a loud verse. This is a noisy verse. And they're crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent ones who were not opposing you. Well, we won't read every verse in the Bible on it. Maybe that's enough. We just say a prayer and have an invitation zone, you know. But in all fairness, I think what happens to us is there's the idea of greed in terms of this person. It describes their character. Then there's, then there's those of us who that, that becomes something that we fight and struggle with. That's a little bit different, you know. 
so uh, we're all going to fight these natural things of the flesh. We're going to fight the things that Trent's been talking about, the lust of the flesh. We're going to fight the overindulgence, the, the lack of self-control, those kinds of things, the greed, pride, envy. Those are going to be things we always battle as long as we're here. We're, we're in this old world, right? But that doesn't describe our character. That can't be how we live life. Now, a lot of times, some particular sin actually exists because it is a false way. It's a way we're seeking to find some satisfaction that doesn't really provide. It's really a lie from Satan. If I just had a little more, I'd be happy. If I just had that, then it would fill a gap in me that, that, that exists. I have this hole, but boy, if I just had that kind of abundance in possessions, then all of a sudden, you know, I would really, really take care of things. I'd be a lot happier. How many people, all of us, sit around and think about, if I had that one check and that one amount, it would solve all my problems? I, I, I see it every day. Every day they walk into the office here from the world and people we help, and they think if you could just get them that amount of money, everything in my life would be okay. And yet we know when we sit around and talk to ourselves, to each other, how burdened we are even when we have all that we need physically. Yet we still feel burdened in life. Why? Because... Those things, the world does not know how to satisfy the heart that God has put in each of us who are made in His image. It can't do it. The world can't do it. And Satan loves to tell us the lie that it can, but it doesn't. And so a lot of times we use those sins become something also to cover up the pain of something we've experienced in life. And so we're thinking, okay, I never had that. I've been hurt by this. And, and so I'm only going to satisfy my life with this area whether it's drugs or whether it's sex or whether it's money, all those things people run after thinking that will somehow or another bring about some satisfaction. Contentment is not found in those things. It's found in God and being happy with wherever God put us. Contentment is not a lack of ambition. I love people who are successful and have that adventure uh, and that ambition to go out and do more. And look, But the doing more is never the problem. The gaining is never the problem. It's gaining for myself and trusting in that that is the problem. That's the big problem, you see. Now look, uh, uh, the one we didn't read I do want to turn to in Luke chapter 12. And it's probably the one everyone uh, goes to... Uh, Quickly for uh, for their talk about money. In Luke chapter 12, in verse 13, the Bible says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, talking to Jesus, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against, now look, this was interesting, all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he tells the story about the guy that he, he had so many crops, you know. He built a bigger barn. He looked at it and said, man, i got more crops. i got to build bigger barns. And he built bigger barns, which really wasn't the problem. The problem says he built it for who? 
read the text, for himself. And that he could sit back and enjoy all his possessions, and they were all, but it was all about him. And uh, they say, well, that's a sad situation. He's sitting there planning all that out, and he doesn't even realize his life's fixing to be called on him tonight. He's never going to get a chance to enjoy the things he made for himself. Well, Jesus mentions all kinds of greed. There's the greed of possessions. I just want more and more, and I want to put it up for myself and have it for me. It also always shows a little lack of faith because I don't think God will take care of me, so I want to make sure that I'm taking care of me myself, right? It's that aspect of it. That's difficult for us. Now, God's always been clear. Work is a responsibility of man, and a man ought to take care of his own. If he doesn't, he's worse than infidel. So God's always been positive about what Even in the garden, in the ideal situation, they work to take care of it. Work has always been a high-valued thing. It's always a good thing. And to accomplish success with work is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And to even have an abundance of, of material things is not a bad thing. That can be a very good thing. But those can't be born out of a heart that's greedy and not trusting God. That's the difference. Um, sometimes we're greedy with money. Sometimes we're greedy with just physical possessions. Sometimes we're greedy with our own desires of what we think will satisfy us. Uh, Al, you may have to get up back after this because I'm, I'm, I might, I might, I might hurt us a little bit here. I don't know. How can I say this? Sometimes we're greedy with our religion. We want more of what we like more than we want more of what God wants. And, and I'll tell you how we express it. Because if it's not done like we like, I don't write a check to the church anymore. Now listen to me. I'm not trying to get your money. That's greed. That's I want to get what I want and more than what I want, and I want what I like done the way I like it done, and the way I'm going to protest that is what I do with my money. Now, there is true generosity, which could be the opposite of greed, and then there's judgmental generosity, which means... I'm not going to give it to what I don't like, but I tell you what, I'll slip over here and give it to what I do like. You know what all that says? I'm in control, not God. That's what that says. Honestly. Can, can we just talk? Can we just say that out loud? Yeah. It's okay. You can breathe. It's all right. I don't have anybody. Any, any, I'm not naming names here. Uh, I thought about walking out here in the audience. And I thought, well, that'll make everybody nervous. You know, I'm uh, hanging on to my pocketbook. You know, you know. Uh, so uh, it, it's just for us as God's people. We live in a culture that is so saturated with satisfying self and entitlement that that culture of entitlement has bled over into the church of God 
And so fighting culture is always a difficult thing. But when I feel entitled, I've been to church here 40 years. They ought to listen to me more than they listen to the guy that's been here four days. I'm sorry, but I think when someone comes to the Lord, everybody's in the Lord the same way. Poor, rich, old, young, and everything in between. Black, white, it doesn't matter. We're all equal in the Lord. And we're only here because of grace. Nobody deserves to be in here telling any of us what to do. We're just trying to follow the Word of God and be what God wants us to be. If I would worry much more about me being like Jesus than I would about what I don't like when somebody does something I don't like, I'd be a lot better off. You know, if I could get that aspect. But, but that's a hard thing. Because that requires me to look at myself and make some decisions about my own maturity and my own weaknesses and my own vulnerability and say, and say, look, I need some help in this area. You know, I need, a, I, need to get, I need to be involved in a step study. I need to be in a men's group. I need to be in that Bible study. I need my character formed. Because what the problem is, like with any of these issues of greed or lust or all this, there's, it's always a character issue. And what that means is forming my character to be more like Jesus' character. That's the goal anyway. In Christianity, the whole goal is for me to look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday. And so, whether whatever area I might be struggling with or examining, whether it's greed or lust or any of those areas, I'm saying, okay, what does the Bible say about that? And how can that help form me to look and act more like Christ in this area of my life. And so if I answer with my pride, it'll be things like I'll point out the shortcomings of other people to lift me up. That's what pride does. Or they don't have the right down there to tell me what to do. That's that's pride statements. But humility says Find someone that's spiritually mature and says, look, I, I need some help walking in this area of my life. I love to be around people who are not greedy. They're such a blessing. I, our first Sunday contribution now, you know, it's one of our joys to be able to share the needs because all, you, you're so good about giving to that. And then we're able to help each other who are running into certain problems. I love that about this church. Take care of each other. So uh, I want to share about one of those one of those times. Uh, uh, David, when your dad was down in MD Anderson, I don't know how many times, but you know he was down there a lot for his cancer treatment before he passed away. So I I, I went down there to visit him. Got in the car and drove down there. Well, you know trips down back and forth. The insurance never covers all that kind of thing, you know. And 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 David had never asked for extra help or anything like that. But we had the first Sunday contribution. Look, look we need to let's let's put some money there. We need to help those guys. So I, I I was taking him a check. Now he didn't know I was doing this. I walk in the room, and so I'm I, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be a neat blessing. And before I can get it out, he said, "Oh, I'm so glad you're here." He hands me his contribution check. I didn't know how I was going to get that up there by Sunday, but I want to make sure. So we swap checks. <laughs> but I thought, 
Look where his thinking was. He wasn't laying there saying, man, I hope Mike brings some money with him. He was just the opposite. So you, you want a definition of, of the, you want the opposite of greed? That's the opposite of greed. And somehow or another, that's what I want to grow uh, better at in my own character. I want to be better. I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to be greedy with my thoughts, my my traditions. I don't want to be greedy with my possessions. I don't want to be greedy with my house, my vehicles, my money. I have a lot. I don't know about you. I've never gone hungry. I've never had to worry about that. Maybe some of you may have. And I know we've been in parts of the world. Our relief ministry has done work in world, in areas that, that, you know, they didn't make $2 a day. I mean, we've, I've been with those guys. And you know what's amazing? I've sat with them in assemblies uh, at, the, at the garbage church out in Haiti. Remember, we worshiped there. Just a church, there's a tin roof over an area that was a garbage. It used to be water, and they dumped garbage so much there, it actually made some solid landing, and they put a church on it. You can feel it kind of move when you're standing on it. It's called the gar- and it's what it's called, the garbage church. And we stood there and worshipped with some of the happiest people I've ever been with in the kingdom of God who couldn't wait to see somebody else brought to Jesus. And I thought, man, they, they got it. They got it. It's not about what I hold in my hand. It's about whose hand I hold. Father, we love you. This whole thing of greed, that ugly head of that monster is so prevalent in our culture. It's real easy for that to seep into our kingdom, to your kingdom. And I pray, Father, that we would be light in darkness, salt to this whole world. That we would not take on the habits of selfishness and greed that the world expresses. And as we mature in Christ, help us to recognize these areas of our life and to be true-hearted and honest about our own possessions and our own selfishness and our own desires that we could learn to cast those things on you that we can learn, Father, to walk trusting in you. That regardless of the amount of riches you give us, that this church will be known around the world and this community as a church that gives, not takes. Father, whether it's our physical building or the things we do in the community. We, we want to use every one of the things that you've blessed us with to your glory. We don't want to be here for the show of man. We want to be here for the sharing of Jesus. So I pray you bless us with wisdom and strength and help each of us individually as we're growing and challenging each other that we would follow your word. We know, Father, with full confidence that your Holy Spirit dwells in us and will guide us in the right direction. And for that, I'm so excited because I've seen so many people walk into these 
into this building, into this church family who, uh, who have, have struggled with worldliness. And yet because they named the name of Jesus, their lives totally turned around. All of a sudden, people who used to be selfish are now adopting children and giving life to people. And, and they're uh, being generous and helping other people in the community. And they're feeding the homeless and the hungry and around us. Father, uh, that's, that's who we are. Help us to be Jesus to the community around us. Forgive us when we're not. We're thankful for your grace and patience in our growing. Help us to be patient. And help us to be grace-giving as we mature and challenge each other. But today we ask for victory over greed and selfishness in our lives. And we're thankful for the salvation we have through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. I don't know how close the end got to the beginning, but that's where we are. All right. I, I just want to say that I love you very, very much. I'm so thankful for this church family. I, I know there's some, some holes here. All of our teenagers and college students, there's a ton of them out camp. I went out camp. I stayed three minutes till I sweated and then I left. But, I mean, it's 97 degrees out there. They need your prayers this week. I mean, we've got a ton of people. Great things will happen at camp session this, this week. Be sure and pray for that high school session. It's always an exciting time. And... Uh, uh, and other folks that are doing missing things around us. So just be, uh, be, be, be conscious of folks that uh, are out for the summer on those kinds of efforts. And it's because we're, we're getting to do work ministry all around in different ways. That's pretty exciting. If you do have some kind of need, and I know sometimes as you preach on a specific subject, somebody doesn't want to respond, they won't think, oh, there, but I think I'm greedy if I go down front. So, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, Alan told me one time, I never forgot it. He said, don't be selfish with God's victories. I thought about that a lot. We need to learn to tell about the victories that God gives us. And so whether it's a need for a physical prayer because of sickness or whether there's something you're struggling with, we can just surround you and hug your neck and pray together and walk together in life. That's what we do. That's what Forever Family does. And so that's what our invitation is about. It's not about fixing everybody that's greedy today, okay? Uh, it is about whatever problem you may want to share and with the church and just get some, get some encouragement. That's, that's what we're about. So we're going to sing a song, and if you have a need, you can respond while we stand together and sing this song.